What's happening, everybody? On today's show, it is a week two overreaction in the SEC as we bring you some of the questions that passionate SEC fans are asking this week. We'll also talk to our buddy Chris Marler of College Football Uncensored, and we'll start to take a look at the SEC week three matchups. An early look, some good and some really soft, soft cupcake games. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. We got a lot we have to react to, including week two overreactions from some SEC fans out there joining us now to talk all about it. Our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. Marler, how are you two weeks into the college football season well it is we're recording this on a tuesday so emotionally better than i was on saturday (laughs) i bet let's uh let's jump into it let's start with some of our week two overreactions and we start here alabama barely survives a scare in austin bryce young does bryce young things to set them up for the game-winning field goal but bama fans are upset that the game was even close they were three touchdown favorites one Bama fan tweeted at wide receiver Trayshawn Holden, the whole team needs to reevaluate how they go about things. You've got to be more disciplined, disciplined without a D, to be a championship team. Does Bama need to reevaluate everything, Marler? Man, I tell you what, is, it, is this the part of the show where I start patting myself on the back emphatically? Because I've been saying yes. this all summer long, and I, I said it over and over and over again, this is going to be a much tougher game than people thought. So Bama fans, see... I've said this repeatedly, and this will be my this will be my overreaction, my take from it. Okay, Bama has a lot to. I, I want to say be worried about, be concerned about. Georgia's the best team in the country. And that's fine because with September twelfth, as we're thirteenth, as we're recording this, there's a lot of time left in the season. That being said, like Bama was never going to win this game, and it was it was never going to be. Man, what a great win from Bama! It was going to be. Well, they they should have blown out a five and seventeen from a year ago. That lost to Kansas, or oh my God, they barely beat a five and seventeen uh, from a year ago. That barely lost to. Do you see see what in this this picture you're showing right here? That what they're not showing here is the offensive lineman. They they photoshopped it out where he's holding his arm <laughs> and his leg down. That they, they actually photoshopped that out because Bama was holding on eighty seven percent of the plays. Bama's fine. They're going to be fine. They had fifteen penalties most ever against a save or called on the saving team. It was a Big Twelve ref. Like crew, if you can't like like at some point you got to give credit to Texas, and at the same time you got to give credit to Bama for going in a very very tough environment and getting a win, no matter what we think happened or or what we think about a Texas team from 2021 because this is not 2021. Next up, Florida. They got drubbed by Kentucky at home last week. Anthony Richardson went from Heisman hopeful to super bust. Is Sun Belt Billy Napier in over his head? First off, congrats to Miss Gordy on a hell of a win uh, from her alma mater. So that's awesome. Um, what was Anthony Richardson throwing to? I don't know if, if he's in over his head or if Anthony Richardson is Richardson's over his head because he threw two. And listen, if you're looking at the picture right here, you can also see 
See, they they photoshopped another Bama player out of, of this holding call, too. Um, no, no, Anthony Richardson had some – I said this last week, and I think it probably stands true now. They're going to go as far as he will take them. Um, him having a, a bunch of, of bad passes, like, it, it almost reminds me of this. And, you know, we were talking about this off air, of our, our Happy Gilmore references and how much we love them on different podcasts. But <laughs> Anthony Richardson may be Happy Gilmore, right? Like, he, he may be a situation where it's like – Man, well, like this guy can drive at 400 yards, but he doesn't have a short game. He's also bending over using a, a hockey putter, which makes no damn sense at all. So, like, listen, golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. We know this. <laughs> Anthony Richardson, being a successful college quarterback, requires not throwing balls directly to a defender inside of your own 20 and a fat ass. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think Richardson will be fine. I, I, there's a lot yeah. of overreaction. There was overreaction week one. This kid's going to win the Heisman. There's right. equal overreaction to week two. This kid sucks. He can't even play in the SEC. Right. It's somewhere in the middle, and I think he'll get Can better. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. How, how excited was Miss Gordy, though, watching this game? Uh, she was. We were actually at the LSU Southern game, but we had our uh, two iPhone chargers that were fully charged and a Verizon hotspot so we could stream the Love entire it. game there. So then I was streaming the other games and watching around the SEC, so it was a whole thing. But okay. all, all said, cool. big win for uh, Kentucky over the Gators. Uh, next up, Marler, through two weeks, this Georgia defense is giving up less points than last year's record-setting defense. Is this Georgia defense better than last year's? Your overreaction. <laughs> is Who is that? Is that a defensive player? <laughs> This is Georgia. That guy is eight feet tall, four hundred pounds. Um, no, this this Georgia defense is not better. They might be statistically at the end of the year, maybe without points allowed. I, listen, here's the thing: this Georgia team doesn't even play a schedule remotely as like as close to being difficult as the one a year ago. So maybe they do end up better. I don't know. Um, we'll see when they don't play Sanford and Bo Nix. But I think this Georgia team is as as showed early on. Listen, this is a team that should have been ranked number one to start the season they just won the national championship i don't care what they lost the nfl draft they just won the national championship they returned a buttload of talent on the offense um i don't know if the defense is gonna be better but that offense sure is man they look really good you know can i tell you real quick though i got yeah. this is the reaction i got from one of the georgia fans which was what's the breaking point when's the breaking point for the run game because the run game sucks and oh, i was like the breaking Lordy. point is you guys winning another effing national title on <laughs> Stephen bennett's arm like yeah. who cares that's about it's gonna throw for like 400 yards a game and they're gonna be like yeah. what about the run game uh, Texas right. A&M lost at home to Appalachian State. The offense only scored 14 points. Should Dim Jimbo Fisher start worrying, and should he put his Christmas tree out by the curb already? I love that second reference. Uh, I, I do want to correct you on one thing. That offense did not score 14 points. Well, that offense yeah. scored seven points. Kickoff. Um, and, and I think that, you know, no, no we, we had to hear about this all year, about this A&M <laughs> team. So I want to make sure we give them exactly the credit they deserve. Now, happy birthday, Kip. You had a rough Saturday. Um, it was a. It might have been an even more, even rougher Sunday when that that video came out of the the yell leader. Um, yeah. Hats off to Hats off to App State. But this A and N team is bad. They're they're bad offensively right now. They have a lot of time to improve. But you know, my co-host of Cultural Uncensored Podcast, we talked about this all the time. Uh, Tyler Huck, he he says this all the time. Jimbo Fisher, when you look at the sample size outside of one year there's losses like this on his resume every single year like like this is who Jimbo Fisher is it is an outdated offense it does not look like he has anything new 
They didn't have 100 yards rushing or passing in this game. Yeah. Against App State at home. That stadium's cool. You guys spent a lot of money on it. That's cool. <laughs> and Saban had that come-to-Jesus you know, moment years ago where he had to adapt. Lane Kiffin right. forced him to adapt. Jimbo feels like he's got to have that come-to-Jesus moment. Hey, uh, Jimbo, it's 2022. We throw the ball a lot now. Let's go do it. I see. I don't know if he will have that, that come-to-Jesus because with Saban, it was like he's the defensive mind. Right. He's not the offensive mind. And, and Jimbo, I think Jimbo is a much of a narcissist and an a-hole to think like, oh, it'll, it'll work. Just keep <laughs> slamming that round that round peg into that square hole. We'll, we'll figure it out. One more overreaction. Is it panic time in Columbia for old mayo-eating Shane Beamer as his team let Georgia State and Arkansas run the ball all over them? Should Beamer do another TikTok video to rebound? That's good. What a picture! <laughs> um, no, he's they're going to be fine long term. I think that this year, I'm not saying it's a wash now, but you are about to start zero and three. You're and, and this Saturday, by all means, you're going to get blown out. Um, it's going to be hard for them to move the football. Uh, they they looked. I mean, man, they they were like a 21 point fourth quarter or something like that away from getting absolutely shellacked on national television in Arkansas. Think about what this Georgia team is going to do to them. Um, you know, perfect perfect opportunity for the run defense maybe because the rush offense of Georgia might not be the focal point anymore, but it also might be the recipe for disaster for uh, a, a rush defense that's been getting obliterated and then having to go up against those big uglies from Athens and, and all the, the running backs. That's also the most cliche thing I've ever said in my life with the big uglies from Athens. I hate myself right now. <laughs> All right, hold that thought. We're going to get into an early look ahead at SEC Week 3 in just a second with our buddy Chris Marler. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And a quick reminder that uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all things pro and college football betting for all your needs throughout this football season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, betting lines, Everything you need is for you there up at Bet Online. They're your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn all about the trends in action. I was on Bet Online all weekend long. Wasn't a great week for me, but look, time to bounce back. It's rebound week in week three as a lot of these SEC betting lines are out. As we get into previewing some of the games coming up, we'll give you the Bet Online. Uh, odds and lines coming up for the SEC Week 3 in just a second. But it is a reminder for you to check out BetOnline. It is BetOnline. It is where the game starts. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC, and continuing our conversation with our buddy Chris Marler, as we do every week from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, let's start looking at some of the games this week, this weekend, just want to get your quick thought on some of the big ones. Let's start in the conference. We kind of touched on it a little bit already, but first up, number one Georgia going on the road, their first real true road trip of the season to South Carolina, who just got beat up by Arkansas a week ago. Yeah. Have not been impressed with this Gamecocks defense so far. Spencer Radler has been just okay. Is this anything other than a Georgia beatdown of Shane Beamer's no. squad? No, it's a Georgia beat. Down. It was always going to be a Georgia beatdown. It has nothing to do with even what happened in the first two weeks. It might be. It might seem worse. Um, listen, Shane Beamer, Kirby Smart. I think they're friends, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, who who wouldn't want to be? <laughs> so so maybe he'll 
excuse me, maybe he'll somewhat take it easy on him. Um, I will say I, I don't I don't see this ever being close. Uh, and honestly, when you think about what <laughs> this picture of this Georgia State linebacker is still my favorite with the damn Spaceballs helmet. Um, no, but I, I think that when you look at this Georgia team, what they're able to do, especially on offense, they're going to put up points early and often. Um, I don't think Scott Satterfield has enough uh, at, at at OC there for, for – that's, that's who's at the OC, right? Okay. Uh, I don't think Satterfield has enough there um, where he's going to be able to mix up enough stuff to keep this defense off balance. Like Georgia has dominated South Carolina and they have dominated them in Columbia, especially over, over Kirby's tenure. I know they had the the loss a couple years ago. Listen, if you're, if you're a South Carolina fan, you need to ask yourself right now, would you take this kind of loss right away? Because we saw it in 2019 and God rest his soul. He didn't die, but he got cut today. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. Um, who oh, missed they the game? Cut him? Oh, damn. Tough go. They cut him, yeah. We kicked two balls out of bounds. Did they sign Josh Lambeau, who Urban Meyer kicked in the balls? That was uh, that was who they were working out. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But no, so when when you have a situation where I think we're like, like you have that loss and then you end up going four and eight or three and nine, whatever it is, you need to ask yourself, would you trade that in for this weekend? And I don't think South Carolina fans would. There's still a lot of season left. But you're looking up big picture. This is a this is a massive uphill battle, and you're staring at zero and three to come out of the gates. And just a quick correction: as I watched Scott Satterfield coach Louisville against UCF it. on Friday, Marcus Satterfield, the Marcus Satterfield. OC. I knew, I knew just I wanted to like, put that, that in. We were going to get a ton of hate mail, but uh, that was yeah. actually a fun game to watch. Louisville against old, all Satterfields look alike. Old Gus Melzahn with John Rice Plumley, who can't throw the football so no uh, stuff. that was a problem uh there we only have one other in conference game this week it's one and one lsu playing host to two and oh mississippi state tigers looked much better in beating up southern this past week to get brian kelly his first win at, as lsu coach but mississippi state has looked pretty damn good at two and oh wins over memphis and at arizona will rogers throwing the ball very well mike leach's squad is doing what they do and rogers by the way Leads the SEC in passing, 763 yards and nine touchdowns. State's around a two-point favorite. This seems like a big game for LSU in terms of what season, what kind of season is it going to be? Is it going to be a seven-eight win season, or is it going to be a six-and-six? Six? And Mike Leach, man, year three, this would be a monster win to start three and zero oh and, and with a win in Death yeah. Valley. Back-to-back wins in Death Valley would be pretty unheard of for for this Mississippi State program. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible to happen. I'm not saying it won't happen because this is a this is a better team all around than we're giving credit for. As much as we don't give Will Rogers enough credit for what he does with his arm, great picture. Um, I, I think that we also don't give the defense enough credit for what they've been able to do. Um, my biggest thing with LSU is how do you keep them from scoring consistently throughout the game? How do you get a, how do you get a shutout, and not in the game entirely, but in one quarter? Uh, like how can you figure out a way to get a shutout in one quarter? Um, you open up a 37 nothing lead in the first quarter of last week's game, 51 nothing at the half. You obviously won't do that against this Mississippi State team, but but like I don't think this is a do or die game for LSU. But this game, one and two versus two and one for an LSU Tigers team with Brian Kelly, especially with all the pressure from the outside that we've already seen, it's it's a big difference of how the rest of the season is going to go, in my opinion. And it's a home game. It's one you you yeah. should win. I know you're the technical Vegas underdog, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so weird. When I went back and looked at last year's game, I think LSU won like 28-25 in Tuscaloosa, I mean, in Starkville. And I, it's almost like I feel like they should 
it should be the same recipe this year. Like, they should play right. ball control, keep the ball out of Will Rogers' hands. Like, Jaden Daniels, they should get into, like, some second and third and shorts. Mm-hmm. He, he moves the chain with his legs, keep the chain moving, keep the clock rolling, and, you right. know, like, keep it low scoring. And, and I think that's how LSU can win this game. Because, look, you don't yeah. want to get a shoot in a shootout with Mississippi State, right? Right. No, you don't want to get – you definitely want to do that. You also already shown – I know what happened at the end of that Florida State game, but you're, you're still – you're still arguably – I mean, I don't know what happens in overtime, but like, like the metal of the team has been tested already. So you've kind of already been there. I know, I know what happened, and I know they lost. But when you're talking about an LSU team in a, in a very talented roster, especially way more than I think, not way more, but maybe well, maybe way more than than Mississippi State, you have every opportunity to go win this game. I, if I'm betting on it, you said they're an underdog, two point underdog, yeah, according to Better One, Death Valley at night. Uh, five o'clock, kind of night. It'll be night by the fourth quarter. I'm trying to find my hammer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know why I would have it on my work desk, but hammer LSU. You don't. You don't have tools. No, you don't work with your hands. No, um, everyone knows that I'm not man enough for that. <laughs> Saturday night, eight p.m. ESPN. It is number thirteen Miami at number twenty-four Texas A&M. I think Billy Lucci said on Twitter already. You will absolutely oh see a more inspired effort from the Aggies in this one. College game day was supposed to do, be there. Now they're going to Boone, North Carolina. Can the Aggies play better this week and avoid a two-game losing streak? Because, look, that two-game losing streak can become a three-game losing streak with a monster game against Arkansas after this one. A&M, yeah. actually, I couldn't believe this line, Marler. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite uh, against You know what Miami. I said about five-and-a-half-point lines? Oof. Okay, let me, let me just say one thing, too. And I don't know if Billy Lucci said this. Billy Lucci's a great dude. He seems like a ton of fun. Great guy. Great hair. Fantastic hair. <laughs> but you brought up that he said he they, they were going to have a much different inspired on Twitter. Effort. Yeah, he said they'll yeah. they'll they'll look much better, much different this week. He's Am I allowed to cast? Am I allowed to say like? Just try to censor yourself. <laughs> he's not on the in coaching staff for one. Okay. okay? Two. The I saw I saw this tweet. Maybe he made it separately too. But I did see that he made this in a response to one Noel Hottie on Twitter, who is one of my favorite followers. She's super nice. She's really knowledgeable, big big Florida State fan. But when you're that deep in your feels that you're responding and, and coming to the defense of your shitty team that has looked like shit for the first two weeks of the season, in Noel Hottie's comments and her, like, get out of here, man. Like, this is the most fragile fan base I, like, I've ever seen. And I said this the other day, like, like, I'm sure they will have a, I'm sure they will have a much different team. You know why they will have a much different team, Billy? Because they lost to App State a week ago, and that's unacceptable. Maybe you don't need a different team. Maybe you need a different head coach. Because you guys sat there and married, like, the, you know, the, the carnival yard barker, like I said on our podcast the other day, that told you that, like, no, come on in here. Give me a dollar. You can throw these rings on your I'm not spraying Pam all over this shit the whole time. No. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher is Joe Dirt with that stupid, uh, <laughs> what, what do you call it? <laughs> that, whatever, with that Hemi that he was trying to get out of. Uh, that's, who, that's who they are. It's, yeah. it's like a thousand percent is, is they, my outlaw. Joe yeah. Dirt, Jimbo Fisher's Joe Dirt. And look, I mean, we talked about before the season, and some AM fans are already saying, oh, next year, next year is the year. When is the year going to be that AM finally wins their side of the conference? I mean, finally just win the SEC West. You know what I mean? It's, well, <laughs> that's what they're paying big money for, for Jimbo to hope in that, that it happens. 
We'll uh, continue with Chris Marler here in just a quick second. Continuing on with our buddy Chris Marler from Saturday Down South. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, you just heard some commercials. If you're watching on YouTube, we just literally had like a two second blip where Marler said, "Am I cursing too much?" So we're gonna keep this thing <laughs> rolling. Uh, let's get into it, Marler. There is a crap fest uh, of games out of conference this week. What? We'll see if any of them intrigue you at all. But let's start. Number twenty, Ole Miss is at Georgia Tech. Ole Miss is around a sixteen point favorite. Still don't know who the quarterback is, which kind of gives yeah. you an interesting storyline here. Is it Jackson Dart? Is it Luke Altmeyer? And look, Georgia Tech, I thought, played as hard as they could against Clemson in week one. So maybe a scrappy bunch that could cover that 16-point line. But where are you on Ole Miss right now? Okay, so my biggest thing is this, and this is partially probably from a betting standpoint, but I think the biggest biggest improvement and what I wanted to see most from Ole Miss was the fast start. We hear the whole thing about they score from far. I want to see them score early and often, and they did that a lot last year. I think it's a recipe for success for this Lane Kiffin team because a lot like how Tennessee is, right? Um, when Tennessee has the football, like they are, they're going right down the field, especially when they're on script. We saw this Ole Miss team dominate teams from the start in the non-conference slate early last season. We have not seen that this year until last week. You come out, well, it's, I guess, in two games. So in the second week, though, you come out, you go, you start out 28 nothing. I thought that was a big, big uh, you know, box checked for, for Ole Miss because I think that that is something that's a recipe success for Kiffin. I don't see him playing from behind as well as I do seeing him play from, from ahead because then then everything opens, right? Like then the entire playbook opens. I expect to see that this week at Georgia Tech. It'll be interesting to see the mental toughness here because you're going on the road in a 330 kick in a very non-hostile environment. They will have more fans from, from Oxford than there will be Atlanta. I wish I was going but it's at the same time as, as some other good games. Um, it's just down the street. But, yeah, Bobby Dodd, it'll, this is a perfect setup for Ole Miss because you do get a road game against a Power 5 team, but it's Georgia Tech. Yeah, and I like what we've seen out of the three-headed attack of Judkins and, and Zach Evans and Ulysses yeah. Bentley. But, man, figure out the quarterback. Pick one this week, Lane. I know Luke Allmark got banged up a little bit yeah. last week. Just pick one and roll with that guy. We can't do the musical chairs uh, as you get an SEC no. play. Uh, just, I don't even want to spend much time on this, but Vandy goes to Northern Illinois. They're two-and-a-half-point road underdogs. I was in on Vandy at 2-0. and I'm out on Vandy after they just didn't even show up against Wake Forest a week ago. Um, can they cover the two and a half on the road at Northern Illinois? They're underdogs? Uh, Vandy, uh, two and a half point road underdogs at Northern Illinois. Why are you going to Northern <laughs> Illinois? Who scheduled this, Clark Lee? I, so they went to Hawaii and Northern Illinois. I, I, I just caught that part of it. That pisses me off. Um, <laughs> You're an SEC team. Act like it. Yeah, for real. I, I, this is so stupid. You, I just put your big boy britches on and, and, and just pretend that you belong uh, for once. Like, fake it till you make it, bro. Just be like, just for once, I want Vanny to be the $30,000 millionaire that I see in Buckhead, Georgia all the time. <laughs> it just that's, that's all I really want for them to be. Um, that being said, I think that there's like 17 of your listeners that will get that reference, but they will get it hard. Uh, that sounded weird. Anyway, so, so Vandy, I'll take Vandy on this. My, my girlfriend's uh, dad is a proud, proud uh, alum of, of Northern Illinois and the Huskies. And I listen, I'm not far enough removed from remembering Michael the Burner Turner going for like a buck 29 on Bama in 2003, my senior year of high school. Um, take Vandy, get, get your over, but why are they making it so difficult on themselves? Vandy's so damn hard to like. Yeah, the defense has not been lights out. No. Although my guy Orgy doing his thing. Uh, as he typically does. 
Uh, that. <laughs> Youngstown State's at number nine, Kentucky. The only reason this is a cool storyline is because yeah. the Stoops family is from the Youngstown area. Youngstown, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool, but I hope, you know, for Kentucky's sake, they need to just beat the snot out of them. Or you don't. Who gives a shit? It's like, excuse my language, but like, <laughs> you celebrate what happened. You know, this is the one team that I'll say don't have a 24-hour rule. Celebrate what you did a week ago. I, I don't think we're making – like. There's two programs here I feel like we're not giving enough credit to, even though we're giving a ton of credit to. They're both ranked in the top 10. But Arkansas winning two games and being 2-0, and let's not forget they had a two-win season back-to-back years, 2018-2019. Now you're talking about Kentucky. Kentucky just had their third win in five years versus, um, versus Florida. They had their second win in their last three trips out of the swamp. You know, it took 40 years previously for them to get three wins versus Florida. It took, it was like they had – Three in the past five, they had three in the previous three. I, so I love that. So, you know, they were celebrating by eat, eating bacon-wrapped gator, which is disgusting, <laughs> um, but good for them. They still had the skin on that head. Hey, it's good eating. That's good eating down in the bayou, son. Uh, Mizzou no. hosts Abilene Christian, uh, but Mizzou got drummed at Kansas State last week. I don't know anything about Abilene Christian. They but... needed 12. <laughs> I, thought, I, I saw that score, and I was looking at the box score, and I was like, this is like when like a high school girls team dominates like a really shitty high school girls basketball team. Yeah, it was not good. But, um, no. you know, Deuce Vaughn uh, had his way on them. But time to bounce back. I, again, don't know much about Abilene Christian, but get your stuff together, Eli Drinkwitz. Get this win. Yeah. Um, Better than Abilene Mormon, am I right? <laughs> another one is Missouri State is at number 10 Arkansas. Again, Arkansas. Big, you know, two tough tests the first two weeks, beating a ranked Cincinnati yeah. team, beating South Carolina in your house. Now you get to just take out your frustrations on Missouri State and kind of keep an eye on that A&M game because that's your next game up. Can I give you my hot take for this game? Yeah. When they run through the A and they enter that field, I would put almost any amount of money on that hog, the mascot, not like not like Tusk, like the actual hog. Right. But the mascot, I would bet almost any amount of money that he comes out on a, on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. The, the Bobby Petrino yeah. angle of this one. That's the only yeah. That's the only thing that anybody cares about. Um, it's Is it weird that, like, there's – I've been hearing there's some Arkansas fans that are like, you know, Petrino wasn't all that bad. Like, it's still – No, he wasn't. I, I mean, no, I know he did great as a coach, but, like, it's still the way it ended. You can't respect how it ended, right? No, you can't respect how it ended. I, I still love the fact that whoever found out that he was cheating on his girlfriend was cheating on with Bobby Petrino showed up and whipped his ass. Because <laughs> we all thought it was that same stupid story about the motorcycle, but then we find out he just got his ass beat. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, and and didn't wasn't he the one that left the Atlanta Falcons like high and dry too? So. Why are we doing this right now? Anyway. We've had a tough enough week here in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, Akron is at number 15, Tennessee. A big emotional win for Tennessee last week, getting it done yeah. on the road. Um, Akron, uh, probably not going to put up much of a fight, but uh, Vols look good, man. Vols won a game with defense. That has not happened in yeah. a long time. Yeah, well, it's amazing, too, because you didn't hear any storylines about how they were knocked out of starting quarterback, and that's the only reason they won. Um, which is different than what you heard from uh, other uh, places that have a similar, um, what do you call it, logo uh, and and single letter design. But I will say this: um, no, I thought I thought it was it's a great win. You know, the most impressive part to me, and I said this earlier on, on our podcast, was um, I I want to say we, but I don't want to speak for everyone like other people on my the website that I work for does, and and say that like when when Tennessee comes out, we kind of have this idea in our head like, all right, well they have to get out to an early start to have a to have a chance to some of these teams. And you go on the road against a ranked team with Pitt, 
you start in a 10 nothing hole and then you dig out of that and then you are still able to win and, and win um, with your defense. Like you said, I, th- I thought it was really, really impressive. Uh, South Florida is at number 18, Florida. Um, I know it's a weird, but, but bounce back spot for Anthony Richardson and company, right? Yeah. Isn't that a huge, excuse my, my yawn here as we talk about the South Florida Bulls. Isn't that where he had a, um, a massive game last year in like very limited action? Yeah, What's the line on this? Uh, I haven't seen there, a lot of these games don't have lines. I would think it's, I mean, where would you put? I would guess somewhere 18 to 20. But if it's 18 to 20, hammer Florida. Hammer Florida. I, so you listen, think they're going to dominate people? I could, and, be, I could and, be completely off on that. No, I, I would expect, I would expect to be in the in like around twenty seven to, to thirty range. Um, but I could be, I, and I hope I'm wrong because I would love. Did to you see Richardson a week ago? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Yeah, like, but you see, but like this is a terrible, terrible football team. And and like I remember wanting to jump on this because they were a, only a ten and a half point underdog to to BYU in like week one, and they actually dropped from around twelve and a half, I think, right before game game time, and they were down twenty one nothing six minutes in. I, I mean, this is a bad team. This is a perfect get-back game for Florida. Jeff Scott, the uh, head coach at UCF there, um, former Clemson OC, I, I believe. Yeah. All right, last one, the monster one, Marler, the 2007 revenge game, Louisiana Monroe going <laughs> to Tuscaloosa <laughs> to take on the number two Alabama Tide. Uh, there is a revenge factor here for Nick Saban. I hate you. <laughs> I hate so much of what you choose to be. Um, to quote the office, God, what a miserable day. I will never forget working at Reynolds Landing up near Reynolds uh, Plantation where um, Dan Mullinson is, is playing high school football at. And uh, Oh, you worked on the plantation? That's cool. I just I just kept sitting there looking at the score at the bottom line because I was like, I can work today. It's a, it's a Saturday, which sucks. But, I mean, like, you know, Bama's going to beat Louisiana Monroe. <laughs> and then I'm, like, looking at the bottom, and I'm, like, texting my dad. I'm, like, what is going on? We were still talking then. And I was like, I was like, what is going on here? And he's like, we're going to lose. And I was like, how is this possible? So yeah, I, this is just don't get anybody injured. This is like, like I would take a one point win over losing. I don't care how that sounds. If it meant they come out like uninjured, I would probably take a, a one point win. <laughs> just, is- just because I feel like this school, it's Terry Bowden who ruined a lot of Novembers in my childhood. Yeah. And I just, oh my god, it, it'll be interesting to see um, well, him on the sidelines and just if you can spot him because he is roughly three feet and nine inches tall. This is a Milrow game, right? This is a get Bryce Young out of the game as Everybody. quickly as possible, and we want to see. I wouldn't even play Will Anderson. <laughs> well, because he ain't because he ain't performing. Oh, I was gonna say, hey, if it's more like he hadn't even been playing the first two weeks. Will Anderson, where are you? <laughs> see, other he blocks that other than has like other than lining up offsides. What's the matter with you? <laughs> more like Will and and in and lined up in the neutral zone every single damn time. He's already focused on the draft. His head's already in the NFL. Wait, are we not going to talk about Auburn Penn State? Oh wait, yeah, I had that on my I skipped over it. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Let's jump into it. Auburn Penn State. It's a big one. I mean, uh, I was actually digging through the numbers Marler, the um uh Sean Clifford been a really good quarterback. He had a really good game against Auburn last year. Auburn's got a good run game. They are fourth in the SEC in rushing right now. They're ahead of Alabama in rushing yards per game. The defense, okay. I think, has played pretty well, albeit you played Mercer and San Jose State. But, my God, what is going on with T.J. Finley and, you know, some Robbie Ashford, but the quarterback spot for Auburn, what is going on? Robbie Ashford's going to be your starting quarterback at some point during the season, just wow. by the line. Uh, T.J. Finley just does not have it. Um 
I I will say this. I think if you're Brian Harson, you have every opportunity and you've had every opportunity over the first to put your damn knee pads on, son. What are we doing here in this picture? Um they, but there were Auburn fans talking before this game during the season about the San Jose State and how they were they were more worried about that game than Penn State, and that's dumb, right? That's absolutely dumb. But at the same time, I think that this Auburn team is made for this game way more than we saw last last week against San Jose State. I think you're going to see a Brian Harson team that's going to come out. They're going to they're going to open things up finally, and I think that's a guy that you've got to play things close to the vest because as you saw a year ago. It doesn't matter if you win. They won their first two games 121 nothing combined. It doesn't matter what you do early in those games where everyone thinks you should win, especially with how rabid this fan base has been and the boosters have been up his ass. So I will say that going in against Penn State, you got a Big Ten team coming down the SEC. You have a chance to, to put on for the entire conference. Crank up some Jeezy. Put on for your city. Love all of it. I think that I think that Auburn will win this game. I think Auburn will win this game by 10 points. Wow. Uh, I the, hate everything I just said. Well, besides Penn, the juicy part, that Penn, part was fun. Penn State right now, Ben Alon's got him. Penn State is a three-point road favorite. Love it. Love uh, it. Number twenty-two, Penn State coming to Auburn. I, I think, and look, I'll make some predictions later in the week. But this is a game where I think Jordan Hare is going to bring it, and this Auburn team is going to play inspired football because of the crowd, yeah. because of the atmosphere. And Finley just, dude, just don't make any mistakes. He's had a handful of interceptions right. already. If they don't turn the ball over, they protect it. You know, defense gets him a turnover or two, but Sean Clifford scares me, man. <laughs> He's a good quarterback. You will see, yeah, he already he already won that one game when he had diarrhea. So what can he do against uh against Auburn? But I will say this too. Like, you will see a package for Robbie Ashford in this game. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no matter what. And it, it'll be it'll be early on. And and if they come out with those orange jerseys, whew. And just don't did you see Robbie Ashford was one for one or one for two with one yard and an interception last week? That was his passing line. Like what? One for two, one yard, one interception. How does that happen? So bad. So Zach comes out is just sitting there on the bench like, what the f- yeah, well, going on? Well, like, AM lost. The former AM quarterback is sitting at Auburn going WTF. The former LSU quarterback, Max Johnson, sitting at AM going WTF. Like, can we yeah. get these guys into the game, please? Let's yeah, see what they point, can do. You have to. You have to, for sure. All right. My apologies to Auburn fans. I had that down at the bottom of my list as the, uh, the game of the week that I wanted to preview, but I got sidetracked with ULM Alabama, which is a much bigger game. Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. Thanks so much, man. We'll do it again next week. Yeah, man. I look forward to it every week. I appreciate you having me on. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Remember to subscribe and check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.